Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Thank you for tuning into Growth Island again. I have been posting a lot about cold water earlier, and I love jumping in the cold water than a sauna. And it's been extremely popular in Denmark over the winter. If ever you went to Instagram, at least in my feed, I would constantly see someone jump in. But why is it actually that we do it? How good is it for you? What are the health benefits? And what's that weird thing called brown fat? What, what are we learning about then? So uh, today I got an expert in on the subject is Susanna Söberg. She is a researcher. She has a PhD in basic metabolism research, and she has a specialization in cold water and brown fat. So I couldn't find anyone much better to talk about this topic. She also wrote a book about this topic, and she's being featured many different places, uh, sharing the knowledge about how can we do the cold water swimming in the best manner, and, uh, and how do we live this good life. So Susanna, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I am very honored. So Susanna, how, uh, how do you suddenly get started on researching cold water and brown fat? How does that start? Yeah, it's a really good question. How do you end there? It's actually because I, I was, I've always been very interested in obesity and uh, type 2 diabetes and uh, been researching that for, for a while. Um, I did some other uh, metabolism um, research before I started uh, the brown fat research. So I've been in another topic before that. But then I met this other a supervisor researcher who was very passionate about something called the brown fat and uh, the brown fat could do something different from the white fat so the white fat is um, storing the energy in the body and you you get more white fat and you want to get rid of it actually and this uh, brown fat type actually uh, can increase your metabolism and it can remove uh, the white fat so it increases your metabolism and i thought that was really interesting that you can have two types of fat working completely different the one is storing and the other one is expanding the energy so i really wanted to look into that i just thought the topic was really exciting and very new because we don't know that much about the brown fat so when i got into this research we knew something which we've been that has been researched for maybe 10 15 years or, or maybe a little less and i could actually contribute with something new here so i thought that was really exciting to get on board really early cool and just to clarify someone sitting out there i'm very white i don't have any brown fat all human beings have <laughs> white fat and brown fat it doesn't have anything to do with skin color no no i'm <laughs> That's a good question. So it has nothing to do with the, with your skin color. Like many other things, it has nothing to do with skin color. So everybody has white fat and everyone or most people have a brown fat, but not all. We found out that some people actually don't have brown fat. We could talk more about that later on who has it and why does it disappear and uh, how can we maybe regain it really interesting uh, topic if you ask me and that's why winter swimming comes in that's a good teaser because, yeah. we are, we're getting into i think i read one of your posts potentially about it which is uh, is quite fascinating about babies but um if we start with the the winter swimming or winter bathing or cold water 
is getting a lot of attention in Denmark also because of the lockdown and many players around the world. So it's one of the things we've been able to do. But it's it's something that people have been doing for thousands of years. Why is it so good from a health perspective? Why is it so good for your health? Uh, well, the question uh, is probably we... also first: Is it good for your health? I took that for granted from uh, from social media <laughs> that I've yeah. read. Yeah, is it good for your health? So it's there's been many studies uh, looking into the health of uh, of winter swimming, and there's been many studies only uh, looking at on one outcome. And I think when and that is also how you need to do it because you you can't measure everything, but everything is actually activated in the body when you jump in the water. So so many things happens because you activate your sympathetic nervous system. And that is your fight and flight, uh, you can say, um, um, system. So you really get alert because of the cold is so cold that the body sees it as something extreme is happening. You might die. So that is the one system. But it also activates your diving response because you submerge into the water. And that is a reflex. So you have also activated the parasympathetic nervous system so you have two systems that you have activated and when you do that you get some health benefits from it because activating your sympathetic nervous system is also what we know from exercise and running you will increase your metabolism and uh, from the parasympathetic uh, nervous system you will activate uh, serotonin and uh, cortisol which is also uh, able to calm you down and also makes you more mentally balanced. So that's maybe why people who went to swim when they get up, they both feel excited at first because of the norepinephrine and um, release and endorphins and dopamine in the brain and all these the neurotransmitters going on in the brain at the same time. Uh, but after a while, you will also feel a bit more calm. And that's also because of the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system. So two systems working together, maybe in a conflict at first when you jump in the water, but then later on, then you will have both things actually going good for you <laughs> as, as, a, as good things. But we don't have human studies where we have measured how much dopamine signaling there will be there is released in the brain when you jump in water. We don't have that yet. I don't know if it's even possible to measure that in the brain in humans, but it's been it's been measured in in mice. So so we have that from mice, but but not from humans yet. But we think it can be related at least. And it also fits with how people are feeling and how they explain the experience afterwards. But yes. fascinating to know that we actually did. I find the more that I dig into science, the more I realize <laughs> how little we know, and especially the brain, because it's so like when you're going to sleep as well, like what can we actually measure, right? And much yeah. of it, as you're saying, is coming from else because we're doing horrible experiments on them, um, but yeah. that are like yes. then hopefully doing something for uh, for humans to be able to live better. But fascinating yes. to hear, and also like those uh, those two systems being activated at the same time. Do we yeah. know of any other like... Um, states of mind or activities where we get those two systems activated at the same time because often is one being more activated than another right yes exactly so and not that i know of no. uh, because the the it, the thing with the parasympathetic nervous system activation it comes from the diving response so you need to submerge into water and that you you don't really do that other than from swimming i guess yeah <laughs> Yeah. That I think it makes sense. If you yeah. want both activated at the same time. Yeah. But you can get 
I call it post swimmers high when you afterwards uh, feel uh, very uh, happy and lightheaded and from the the running and the hormones and, and, and signaling in the brain and you also get that from running but you need to run a bit longer time to get the same uh, runners high um, as you get from the high uh, the post swimmers swimming high but but you still get the same feeling afterwards of being happy and uh, and and feeling good so yeah. so you can get that good feeling from other things than just winter swimming. But now we're only talking about the, the brain right now. There are yeah. other things we in the in the body happening. So yeah. Yeah. So talking about winter swimming, uh, a mm -hmm. question that I often get is like how cold? I've been told between 12 and 14 degrees is where you get the majority of the benefit, but I haven't I haven't seen the references on it. Have you come across anything in your research about like when is it cold? Or like how cold is it when we do the studies? Yes. So there is a like a threshold on 15 degrees. So at at 15 15 degrees and under you can call that cold water and cold water swimming. And that is where you get the most cold shock response. So from 15 degrees um, Celsius. Celsius, yes. yes. But I mean where you get the most benefits, I think you asked me that as well. I haven't seen studies looking at specific things and measuring at this temperature. When you go in water at 12 degrees, you would get more benefit from what exactly? Mm. Um, so I think there is a lot of claims out there saying that that you, you if you went to swim at uh, 12 degrees or something, then you would get the most benefit. We don't know what degrees we should recommend anything or say here you get there's a window here. It's just cold water. We know from the studies performed in the laboratories and uh, also a few wild swimming randomized controlled trials out there, but there is not much on it. And then you can just see what temperature did they measure from and in, and the degrees varies a lot, but it's all cold water. So from some from zero or four degrees or something like that, and up to 15 degrees, that's cold water. And that's where you get a, a, a cold shock response that's also where you get activated your sympathetic nervous system and parasympathetic nervous system so i guess the benefits must, must be in that window <laughs> when yeah. it's just cold water interesting it be so i often i try to look at like the 80 20 like where do you get 80 percent of the result with 20 percent of the effort and I think it's super fascinating when it comes to cold water because for some people <laughs> it feels very uncomfortable. So yeah. is 15 degrees enough? Because that's much more doable for them. Like for most people, especially if you haven't been practicing. Now I like to go down to even colder water. Also, like I have a sauna right next to like close to where I live. So like going down to like that four or five or six degrees gives a different feeling, like a, a bigger pressure on the body. But but finding that threshold, but that might be for uh, for another PhD or, or research area. Definitely. I think, I think that there could be, uh, I, I'm not saying that there couldn't be a, a, some kind of benefit from going colder or warmer. I can't say whether it's better or good for something. There are so many things going on in mm. the body when you go down in water. So you can't, you, you need to look at an outcome and say, is, is we are now measuring blood sugar or we are measuring a hormone and saying, what if we go colder and mm. what if we go warmer? So it's it, we can't really say just in general you would benefit mostly from warmer or colder water. You need we need to have a lot more studies on yeah. this topic to know exactly what it is. But just cold water is is actually 
doing all these things that we see so yeah um yeah yeah. and how so and i guess it also depends on how much fat do you have um, if people are super skinny it feels colder at least that might be an urban legend uh, when i was a small kid i was extremely skinny and my parents took me to swimming and i would always come up being like my teeth were like clinging together and they ended up pulling me <laughs> pulling me out of the swimming oh, thing. <laughs> like that little poor little boy he's like he's so cold we're trying to feed him but he's like he only wants to eat like oh no oh no um, well so, so, so that might also has an effect, right? Making it even more hard to do the studies. Um, what's yes. what's your body composition? Yeah, so body composition has is is a big deal when it comes to um, habituation. Also, so there's been a very interestingly there's a study also in in obese um, um, subjects and also in lean subjects, and and now you measure also you mentioned um, children, so. Um, there's been studies uh, looking at uh, children compared to healthy men and with the same BMI, with the same fat percentage in the children and in the adults to see what if they go down in cold water, will the children get colder uh, than compared to the adults? How how can they can they stand the cold just as long as, as an adult? And the studies found actually that the boys, the, the young boys were quicker cold, They but they maintained their core temperature just as well as the adults, but they increased their metabolism more. So they had increased um, probably brown fat, but we don't know, but probably, uh, and also activation of their skeletal muscles to keep themselves warm. So this tells us that children can go winter swimming, but they have a much smaller surface area compared to an adult so they can't keep up the core temperature just as long or as good as as an adult which means they will increase the metabolism to keep themselves warm so they can stand just as long time but they need more energy to do it so they wouldn't be able to stay in the water as long time as an adult so children can go in and dip but they need to go up really quickly as well to, to get warm. So I have been asked a lot about this uh, question with children, and I think it's really important actually to to uh, that you brought it up also. But it's it's important that children are safe when they uh, winter swim. So yeah. adults should keep an eye and not let the children like swim a lot in the cold water. Yeah, that actually leads to one of the next things I would love to discuss with you, Susanna. Is like mm-hmm. so if you know 15 degrees, that's cold water. Then like how long? Because I went to a Wim Hof event in London had the pleasure of being part of the team uh, where we did all these breathing exercises in the cold water. And we had to try it afterwards. And I had seen like hundreds of people go uh, into the water, right? And they were sitting there and doing like the two minutes, which was the, the thing that they were being put in. And then we were sitting there afterwards and uh, they didn't tell us the clock. And we were, of course, trying to be like chuffed that we could be. And now we've seen all these people that look like old and 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 like not in the best shape and so on. They, they could stay there, right? We ended up being there for four minutes and then the guys were laughing at us afterwards being like, you only oh. need two <laughs> And they were like, you actually didn't need to stay that long because they could see we were struggling, but it was kind of fun. Oh. Like two guys sitting there like, yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> loving it. We're loving it. <laughs> it's <laughs> just like fantastic, oh fantastic to sit here. Oh my god! Um, I have a picture where I look very relaxed. My friend looks very, like, very pressured, uh, but I look wow. very relaxed in that one second that picture was taken. Um, <laughs> but, but do we actually know? Was like two minutes is like I've been told that's where we get the majority of the health benefits, and like much after two minutes, 
Just medicate the same. Have Have you seen any research on that? No, but I mean, there is a no, not in 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 cold water immersion. I haven't really seen that. No, but there are a study showing that if you do cold showers for thirty minutes per day, you will get thirty minutes. No, no, thirty seconds. Sorry, yeah. yeah. If yeah. you do a cold showers for thirty seconds uh, per day, you will get an increase uh, in, uh, uh, or you will you will increase your um, immune system so you have you'll be less sick uh, going and you can go to work so it's i think uh, the two minutes i don't know i'm not really sure where it comes from but i would really love <laughs> for people to send it to me if they they know uh, but i haven't come across it uh, but i would really like to see why why it's actually two minutes um, i so. would i will go hunting for some of my friends that might have told me because I've been telling my friends when we've been out doing the winter swimming, they're like, yeah, yeah, guys, you just need to stay two minutes. I think it might've been from the guys up in Finland. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of research going both in saunas and cold water in Finland, but I'll, I'll try and find, see if I can, is there actually a study on that? Yeah. There's so many urban legends out there about health. That's why yeah. I really try with the podcast as well, figuring out like, is yeah. this, do, do we like, where does it come from? Just like the habits take 21 days. Turns yeah. out to be like it came from a plastic surgeon. That kind of yeah. something about when they would be feeling more normal and kind of said it in one context and got re-explained and re-explained. And now everyone knows like it takes twenty-one days to build a habit. Whereas like, who said that? What? Yeah, no. yeah. Where, yeah. where did that yeah. come yeah. from? Right? But it, yeah. So so it just it takes a turn and takes a turn and then it's yeah and then everybody says it. But yeah, yeah it, I cool. guess. But the habituation um, is Which is means actually. Habituation means that you get adapted to the cold water so you can you can stop hyperventilating. So um, what happens when you go into the cold water for the first time is uh, very interesting, I think, and, and, and amazing. So when you go into the water, your, your body will almost scream at you and asking you, what are you doing? Um, it, it feels like you are dying. So it's very it wrong. Has... It's like, the body is like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> get me yeah. out of this. Are you insane? <laughs> yeah. 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 Get out, get out. Yeah. So, so it screams at you and uh, it, the reaction is that you hyperventilate because it's, it calls for help. You need to get up, up uh, from the water. And usually people do, they jump up after one second and it's wise because it's your reflex you need to survive this so and hyperventilation if someone is like what what does that yeah. mean yeah so hyperventilation is when the when your breathing goes really fast and uh, you also the best thing about that is that you 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 get too much oxygen and you can't breathe on, uh, uh, I see that. Um, you don't breathe you, properly you don't you... breathe. Uh, probably you don't. You can't really um, um, fill up your lungs enough, and then you will only have like small uh, breathings, which really doesn't give you enough enough uh, oxygen in your body. So you can faint if it if it stays that way. But um, but usually people jump up again. It's I've never seen it as a problem. <laughs> people never stay there um, the first time. But the good thing is that when you try this the first time. The body has already learned a lot because it was such a big shock for the body that it already adapted after the first time. So when you go the next time, you will be less in less panic also because 
there's water, it's super cold, you're also a bit excited and maybe a little bit nervous. So you have a little bit of a higher pulse and blood pressure. So the next time you'll be a little bit more calm and the body will react a little a little less stressful, but still you wouldn't maybe, you can't really measure or, or, or tell the difference. But after three times in 415, then you, you start to actually feel that the body doesn't re- react as uh, stressful as it was the first time. And that's when habituation is, cre- is, uh, is starting. So habituation to the cold water happens in your metabolism. So that is your energy expenditure and your hormones, but it's also in your skin. So the blood flow to the skin and the norepinephrine, some which is released as one of the major catecholamines in the body uh, when you go in cold water, that will also help you increase uh, your contract, uh, your blood vessels in your skin. So there's a lot of physiology that increases when you get adapted to the cold water. So habituation, if you have gone four or five times, you will notice the difference. But if you feel for the after first or second time that you didn't really like winter swimming, I would advise going a, a few times more and then you you will feel more. You might end up loving it. So You end up funny, loving it, exactly, yeah. Like how you explained, I feel also when the winter season starts again, the first times I'm like, my body is like, dude, like, <laughs> <laughs> like ooh, how did you get this awful idea? And then after a few times, I'm like, oh, and like yeah. that feeling is just like, it's magical. You yeah. get down there, you learn to breathe properly. For me, breathing, learning how to do that properly was also like the key. If I go down, I'm like, <sighs> but if I go yeah. down, so I do it it's in Brugge in Denmark where it's like not deep either. So I can sit down and yeah. I can just breathe easily and kind of it totally changes the feeling in the body. And the feeling of getting up afterwards is just like undescribable of the entire body. Just like getting like waking up or feeling alive and like it's it's yeah. It's absolutely fantastic, but it's not absolutely fantastic the first time. It's a I I I love this story that you tell because it's it can be explained physio, uh, physiological as well because what is actually happening when you go down in the in the water and you get control of your breathing because you have your techniques and when you do that you can relax uh, earlier in in the process and then you can stay a bit longer, right? Yes. If you can stay, yeah. yeah. Stay much longer if I'm much just, longer. Yeah. If I'm breathing slowly, trying to relax instead of like tensing all up or like moving yeah. around fast and so on, then then I need to get up really fast. Exactly. You need to tell yourself, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm in a safe place. I, I can I can see the, the stairs and I can I can uh, touch the, the, the bottom of, of uh of the harbor or what, where yeah. you swim yeah exactly so you you feel safe so you can just relax just relax it's not that easy actually <laughs> but what happens is then when you do that then you uh, you calm yourself down the the breathing gets uh, normal or even decreased a bit you get a, a low pulse which is stable from when you actually also are standing out of the water and the the blood pressure 
is also not um, affected actually. So this has been measured in, in, in humans where they have looked at the blood pressure and pulse before and during and after uh, winter swimming. And there's actually a lot of studies on this. Mm. And part of my PhD was also to gather this literature and actually do like a, a mean of all the, the blood pressures measured in all these studies. And we actually found that uh, when you do that, you see that nothing really happens with the blood pressure and actually also not the pulse. Maybe in, if you're a new winter swimmer, but there's not a, a high increase in pulse or blood pressure when you go down in the water. So uh, so I think this is something people often think, that mm. uh, you get a super high uh, pulse or blood pressure or whatever, but actually maybe that's related to panic or yeah. <laughs> yeah. just nervous nervousness. So... And then you got up again from the water and then you feel uh, this tinkling all over the, your body, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. That's I think that is the most amazing part. You get up and you get this high energy and you just feel, you don't feel cold even though the wind is there. And uh, I, I think that is so, that is just so amazing. And what happened there is actually that when you go in the water, norepinephrine is released in your body. And what is that? Like, that's a fancy word like yeah, if you haven't yeah. studied that or you like yeah yeah what is what is norepinephrine <laughs> it's released both as a hormone from the adrenal glands and it acts in parallel with uh, adrenaline which we know from when we exercising or something like that yeah so when you get high from exercise uh, you get adrenaline release from the from the adrenal glands but also norepinephrine and norepinephrine is also released in the brain as a, a neurotransmitter. So um, as soon as you touch the water, you get cold in the wind. There is uh, these um, cold receptors in the skin, which sends a signal to the temperature regulating center in the brain. Because we need to always measure in the body, are we getting cold? Are we getting too hot? Because it needs to warn you uh, to get away. Uh, and escape this uh, this danger uh, of mm. the temperature. So the cold water is a danger, and it sends a signal to the brain: this is not good. <laughs> and then it releases norepinephrine because that gives us both energy, but yeah. it also sends the signal to the skin where there are small uh, blood vessels which contract because you want the blood to go into the center of the body to keep the vital organs warm so it's just a survival thing um, yeah. but when you then get up on the on the on the bathing bridge and you stand there and you and you feel good and you feel it's just tinkling all over your body in the skin it's because your nerve ends are uh, getting numb they got numb from um, contracting the blood vessels but also from norepinephrine got it so talking about more of the benefits I've read somewhere that one of the benefits is that it decreases inflammation in the body, um, the cold water. So this mm -hmm. can be really good because we want to decrease inflammation. If you are working out to get really buff and big and want to gain a lot of muscle, you might want to wait a little bit because the inflammation is also what breaks down the muscles and then rebuilds them. But otherwise, if, if you want fast recovery, then the cold water is really good and why some of the athletes are using cryotherapy as kind of a way of mimicking um, cold water. Is that aligned with like the research you've done or what you've read? Mm. Are you asking specifically about the cryon thing or can no, you more the cold yeah. water? So um, yeah. the cold water, if it actually lowers inflammation, because that's what 
many of the people that I follow that talk about cold water as well as saying like that's one of the benefits of the cold water. Yes. The cold water definitely has a connection to the immune system. And we see in studies that it can lower the the leukocytes and also it increases the leukocytes and also um, the the monocytes uh, in the beginning. But when you get habituated, it decreases. So that's quite funny what happens actually when you are a new winter swimmer and then when you are a habituated, trained winter swimmer. So it decreases a bit. Yeah. And I've also seen this in my studies, but I can explain that in a bit. But what happens is that when you also get an increase in your antioxidants, which has also been shown in studies of winter swimmers, that they have an increased antioxidants. And the antioxidants are these, uh, it's good to have because uh, we have these free radicals in the body and you want to get rid of those. And with age, we get more and more of them. And especially if we also have bad eating habits of eating a lot of like uh, oily foods or something processed food is thank you yeah exactly then you get more free radicals in the body and you want to get rid of those and with antioxidants you can so winter swimmers apparently have a better immune system because of the antioxidants leukocytes and monocytes so what happens when you are trained winter swimmer so when you have this boosted, you can say, immune system, it takes away the inflammation in the body. So it takes away um, inflammation in, in all the blood vessels. But also if you have a joint which is sore or you have uh, rheumatitis, is that yeah. called? Is it called? Yes. Yeah, rheumatitis. So, One of my um, big good friends has that and he does a lot of uh, winter swimming because it really yeah. helps him. Yeah, and it makes sense because it takes away the inflammation. And also, if there was any uh, swelling in the joint, then it also takes that away a bit. And then they get less pain. So, um, and I think a lot of people do winter swimming if they have some kind of skeletal pain or they have rheumatitis or something like that. That has mm. been shown in a questionnaire, which has been a, a global sauna questionnaire, I think it's called. And I think it was a really high percent. It was 80% answering the main reason for winter swimming was actually having some kind of pain in the body. But when you are a habituated winter swimmer, you can imagine that you have already been cleaning up all this, uh, you can say, extra inflammation there is the body. And then you really don't need the high level of leukocytes or monocytes um, in the body. So it maybe even decreases a bit because it's already been cleaned up more uh, inflammation than a, a, you can say a control per, control person which has never been winter swimming mm. so um, yeah. yeah how often that's... should you go winter swimming I think that's the next like is it like yeah the, I do cold Good waters uh, showers in the morning when I'm back in Denmark because the water is actually cold <laughs> where here in the Dominican it doesn't get as cold no. but like so that I do that every morning as as kind of like the ending of my shower but like jumping into the cold water how often would you how often do you do it and how often would you like recommend someone to do it it's difficult to recommend something that is that that is that bold to do so i think people should do what they feel is a, they can they can make time for of mm. course and it should be fun it should not be something if you don't do it three times per week then it's not healthy or something like mm. that but i can say that from my own studies um i have had winter swimmers who have who went three times per week um and uh, for a whole winter swimming season and that showed um uh, some some healthy benefits at least so you can i can say that if you go three times 
that you you can see a difference when you look at a, a group of winter swims compared to a control group. So three times must be a, a, a good place to go. But um, I myself, you asked, <laughs> don't have the time always to go three times per week because I also am a mom. I have so many things going on. So I go sometimes one time, two times, three times, sometimes five times. If there is ice, then yeah. I go five times. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so I think it depends. You should shouldn't make a, a sharp rule around it if you no. if you are a busy person. But if you can just go even one time, I think can do a lot for you. So, yeah. have we seen anything about that? You can actually overdo it as well, because like often things is about balance, right? So, yeah. some people who are like this is good for you, like red light therapy, photobiomodulation, is fantastic. But you don't want yeah. to overdo it because then it can have a negative effect. Have we yeah. seen anything in regards to core water? Be like. Guys, girls, take a chill. <laughs> Stop, like, t- take it easy on the cold water. Yeah, there is no scientific study uh, measuring actually the the you can say dose response. So you yeah. keep you you look at how how many times do you go and when is it good in this window and when does it get bad or you don't even have an effect. So we don't have that study yet. So I can't really say anything about that. But no. I have seen in my own studies um, I did this big randomized control trial where I had a group of of people who all wanted to win to swim and half of them were then randomized to swim and the other one was control group and the winter swimmers <laughs> there was a guy who went all in he he really really wanted to do a lot of winter swimming so he performed his three times winter swimming he he forgot to ask if there should be like a rest day in between. So he went winter swimming three times in a row the first week he started. And um, and he called me and said, I don't really get it. I have the chills in my sofa at in the evening, <laughs> hours after coming home. And, I, <laughs> and I've heard this before described by other people. So I think when you're not habituated to the cold water, that's it that the body has gotten used to the cold water, you will experience that you get super cold from going in the water. But as soon as you go up, the blood vessels opens again to the skin. And then the what the hot, uh, the warm blood from the center of your body will go out in to the peripheral uh, arms and legs. And, mm. and then it would have, you will have a, a small decrease in your temperature, in your core temperature even. So, if you are cold in the water, you can also experience getting a bit colder actually afterwards because you need to heat up again uh, all the blood. So when he gets the chills in the sofa at, uh, in the evening, it's probably because there's uh, this, you can say, back reaction or something where the body needs to heat up again and it's not used to uh, to um, uh, used to that much cold water. So yeah, so if you have after chills like that maybe you should uh, take take a chill <laughs> with, <laughs> with the winter swimming i would say <laughs> get warm take a break yeah yeah, yeah and yeah and, and and start slow i mean it doesn't yeah. really makes a lot of sense need, yeah and i think there's also like you can make like well you can make studies and everything but it's not the same as you like really get any proper results of it and it's like also feeling your body like we can yeah. do the control studies and work works for the majority of people but it's also Feel how your body is reacting. Know that the first couple of times might not be as pleasant. Mm. And then do you feel good from taking like 
if it's four times or five times and how long you're staying down and then actually kind of evaluate instead of just being like oh this study told me i should go six times but if you're not feeling that good from it then so um, that that makes a lot of sense at least intuitively for me yeah exactly. even though i would love to get that like five times optimal no more than five times but (laughs) yeah we would like that because we like the rule we like to know how how many times when do i know i get the benefit but i I mean i think we will know sometime in the future somebody's going to do this study and uh, and it will be super exciting to to know if there was this dose response uh, with with cold water yeah Um, for sure quickly what who shouldn't be um doing uh, cold water swimming uh, so people people who suffer from heart diseases are not advised to to winter swim, and that's because of this uh, very uh, big shock uh, of the, the cardiovascular system, um, and the conflict between what I started uh, um, introducing the, the the sympathetic nervous system contra the the parasympathetic nervous system. So this is really a struggle for for the heart actually. So so if you suffer from that, you should not uh, go winter swimming, or at least you should go to your doctor and consult because um that is the safest thing to do got it what about if you're sick like if you have the flu and so on uh yes if you are sick feeling not well or you feel dizzy for some reason you should not go winter swimming it's not safe um and if you are sick then you go and stress your body uh with uh, the cold and that could actually just make it a bit worse so uh Wait until you are you are feeling really good, <laughs> or okay. feeling at least healthy and, and well. So the cold water swimming would not be a way to recover faster. You would actually say, even though if you can have it in a safe manner that you don't drown, you would say like it doesn't seem to be something that benefits a faster recovery. Recovery from what? Yeah, if for example the flu or if you have a cold. Okay. Yeah. Cold or flu, I wouldn't say no. You you need to you need to rest in in your yeah. in your house, yeah. <laughs> and not the going. Actually, there's it was quite interesting because um, there was this the scientist from I think it was the oh James uh, what was he called James Jamie Curry or something like that. Um, I think I have it in my book somewhere. But he he went on this uh, cruise and uh, and on his boat he got really sick and he uh, started uh, pulling uh, cold water on his head and he got he got he felt better afterwards but he found out later that that was not really a cure for uh, for the uh, for his flu but no. it just uh, for just temporary took away his fever and uh, he felt a bit better afterwards so mm-hmm. it can reduce the fever for a very short time but it's not advisable because it doesn't really cure anything it just makes maybe it worse in the end because you stress the body Got it. So I will next time not jump in the water or sauna right after. So, uh, <laughs> no, no. I, I but we didn't that... talk about the brown fat and the, no. the winter swimming, the connection. So yeah. I don't know if you want that. If we have time, depends on uh, on your back uh, or like when you have to run off. Yeah. Sauna so or... I think we can. We I think we could take that as well because <laughs> if you ask me, uh, that is the new interesting uh, is stuff there is about winter swimming and metabolism so yeah. i think we should so what should... what's up with the brown fat <laughs> so uh yeah the with the brown fat so the brown fat is um uh, the brown fat is this healthy fat that you have in your body it's it's located uh, under your clavicular bones and down your spine um and it can it's activated by cold so by norepinephrine and like i, I told before when you go in to the cold water or if you cold air 
you will have the cold receptor sending the signal to the brain to release norepinephrine. And then you will also have activation of the brown fat and it comes immediately. So it's really, really fast. And what does the brown fat do? It generates heat. And it's super good because uh, as, uh, as, as small children, infants, they don't have the ability in the muscle to shiver um, the first maybe six months or so. But they have a lot of brown fat down uh, the back. And like a radiator, it, it heats the, the body when it gets cold. So that's really, really good. But with time, we can see from PET-CT scannings that the brown fat amount decreases with age. And we also seen in science studies that uh, the brown fat also decreases with uh, BMI and also type 2 diabetes. So mm-hmm. what we thought was very interesting is finding out why do some people have brown fat? Um, on, why do people have brown fat and why some don't? And why does it decrease with age or, B, or BMI? Or, or So can you actually regain some of your brown fat? And after 40, we have seen in studies that after 40, you have less brown fat. So there is like a, a threshold there when you turn 40, apparently. So the metabolism goes down and maybe that is actually what is going on. Maybe you lose the brown fat and then the metabolism goes down or maybe it's the other way around. We don't know exactly, um, mm. but we see that. So we found in, the, in studies where subjects have been wearing, um, wearing a cooling vests or sleeping in a cold room, for a month and a cold room is that lower than 15 degrees then again or uh no so that was actually 19 degrees cold air but you are also in the room for a longer time you sleep there for eight hours uh, and and during a whole month so they took this group and they pet ct scanned them to see the brown fat in a month where they slept at 24 degrees and then they slept for 19 degrees a month and then they saw that there was an increase in the brown fat amount in the body which increases your metabolism when you are cold and we really want that right because we want to get rid of all the the blood uh, the too much blood sugar uh, high blood sugar and you want to you, you want to get rid of the white fat so when the brown fat is activated by cold it ta- it uh, uses sugar and fat from the bloodstream and that is why we think that if you can if we can gain more brown fat or increase uh, the activity more you can lose weight Fascinating. The the short story why winter swimming should be uh, (laughs) should have some connection to the brown fat is that you can maybe boost your 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 brown fat amount or the activity in it or some way change it so it will increase your metabolism. And we see from the studies where they've slept in a cold room or wearing cooling vest for Mm. ten days or that they also increase their insulin sensitivity, and that is very interesting because that's probably has some connection with increased uh, metabolism from from using muscles and uh, the brown fat interesting it may, so i've read that the ideal uh, room temperature for sleep is between 18 and 22 degrees to get you into the deepest stages of sleep but that also speaks to then actually the brown fat uh, <laughs> so i think it's so fascinating how we are learning about um the human body and about how everything is connected right like how one advice that speaks to one thing also has spillover benefits that we are now starting to find a way to actually measure and, and quantify a bit more. So we're like, ah, this is why. Yeah, it exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. But you, you need to look into a lot of studies to connect the dots. But that is why it's so interesting and super good that you do this uh, podcast because then we have also someone 
actually gathering uh, some of this information. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be so interesting when we in a few years have like databases of studies and AI that can actually go in and find all the correlations and then bring up new hypotheses that we then have to test are there any casualty because there will be a lot of correlations that are wrong um, yeah. when there's enough data that like that's the, that's yeah. why we look yeah. at like is there statistic significance in a study right because yeah. if we do studies enough time we will get some kind of results and the yeah. AIs will find a lot of random correlations that are not that are not related but exactly it, that's going to be it's going to be a very cool area to be part of when we can suddenly <laughs> find new solutions to stuff that we didn't see before yeah i think so too susanna what else should we know uh rounding off about uh ground fat and uh, um, cold water ground fat and cold water so yeah so you, you you got the short story about the connection between brown fat and the, the cold water or cold exposure just in yeah. general. But I think that the, it, that there is already enough studies out there showing that if you, if you get a bit cold, it's actually healthy for you because you activate your brown fat um, and increases your metabolism and your insulin sensitivity. So if you, uh, you don't mind sleeping uh, a bit colder, then you should try it out at least um, and uh, if you are willing or <laughs> you are uh, curious of uh, trying winter swimming i would say that it doesn't really hurt your uh, amount of uh, of brown fat either and it, it probably increases your in insulin sensitivity too which has also been shown in, in one study uh, but we also see that in my studies so yeah, yeah. thanks and so where can people find you you have an active instagram account uh, yeah, so uh, my Instagram account is uh, Susanna Suba. Um, so you can go in and um, and check out my uh, <laughs> all my uh, features. I have written a bit about the brown fat, and I will do more of that, of course. And I also show um, when I publish a new book. Um, I have a, a my book translated in English, so it will be available. I hope this year. Um, so it it will be out there very soon. And in the book. There is uh, much of the advice I just gave now, but just uh, more thorough, of course, and also yeah. with uh, references to studies. And of course, the, a lot about my my research in brown fat and winter swimming, and also stories from my uh, my my actual research uh, from my studies. Uh, so so yeah. Any other places people should follow? You do some talks once in a while. Um, yeah. Where else can people follow you? Or where is it Instagram that you go to or? Or what's the best place? Yeah, I think Instagram must be the best place. Also, Facebook. I, I have a page on Facebook, but it's the yeah, it's the same. Um, yeah. I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Yeah, so that would be nice. When someone goes there, they might be like, "But she's cheating. She's wearing a hat." <laughs> it's what? a really really good question I, I i like that you just brought that up mess because it's not i'm not cheating or anything is it cheating <laughs> <laughs> okay let me explain that um i just put it in my book actually um yeah. so i think it's um important also a lot of people ask me why why shouldn't we um plunge our head down in the water and um the reason for that is that you get such a uh, from the head, you 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 um, you have a, a high heat loss. Actually, eighty percent of your heat loss from the body is from the head because it's not it's just exposed, and the rest of your skin is covered in clothes. So um, there's a high heat loss from the from the head. So when you go into the water and you plunge down 
uh, with your head under, you ha- you get an even much bigger um, cold shock uh, from uh, from the cold water, which could be a, a dangerous. And also because the the blood vessels in the brain cannot contract uh, uh, contract and dilate uh, in the same way as it can in the rest of your body. So it doesn't really have that capacity. So um, there is a, actually a risk of fainting uh, because of that. So it's not advised to put your head in the water, but actually wearing a hat, then you can stay a bit longer in the water. And it's also safer because you have a smaller heat loss at, at least. That was good to get. So you actually don't advise to put your head under. You advise to uh, just get it over the shoulders and stay. Yeah, it's enough. It's enough. No. It's enough. You don't. You don't need to have your have your head under the water. So no. that's good to hear. I get problems with my ears um, when yeah. I um, when I swim with my uh, yeah my head underneath when it's cold water. So I yeah. started only to do it to the shoulders. And I uh, the boys are giving me uh, a lot of a hard time, uh, a hard time yeah. for that. And I'm like <laughs> guys, but now I have a reason to be like I talk to Sarah. Yeah, well, it's like you guys idiots. I'm doing it the right way. Talk to the PhD that actually did studies on this. I like that. So that's, that's helping me going forward. Yeah, good. I'm glad I could help with that. Yes, but um, yeah. I look forward to the next season. So Sana, um, if you had to finish up with like one to three advice about how to live a good life, it can be also just like jumping into uh, to the water. What would that be? Uh, to live a good life, I would uh, advise you to uh, to... I mean, what kind of advice can it be? I mean, I would advise you to follow your dreams and do hard work uh, yeah. because then your dreams will come true. And do exercise because that will keep you energetic and it will keep you healthy so you can you can accomplish what you really want to do. Winter swimming really gives you that energy. So I, th- I have an activity here I think I would like to give an advice on because it gives you that energy to go out and uh, do exactly what you want to do, not only physically, but then you also mentally are on top. So yeah, I advise that. Beautiful. Susanna, thank you so much for taking this time and come and share with us here on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.